You're listening to Michael Easley in Context, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Here's today's question. Human beings seem to inherently be sexual beings. Was sexual desire present before the fall? Or put it another way, did God create us to be sexual beings or is it part of our fallen nature? Okay, this is an interesting question. Number one, God invented sex. God saw that it was good. In the context of Adam and Eve before the fall, sex was a blessing that they were to enjoy. We even read, you know, the, the one time we might say that God breaks into the storyline of Genesis where he talks about they were naked and not ashamed. So we're meant to see there that these two are becoming one. So no, the idea of a love between a husband and wife is not lust before the fall. Mm -hmm. She says, was sexual desire present? Yes, because it was an intimacy that God created. Mm -hmm. Now, it gets a little complex when you think about did he also intend for them to have children in the garden? Well, he says be fruitful and multiply, so So, yes. So I would say yes to that, but because of the fall, everything is now co-opted. Of course. There's also an interesting wordplay after the fall. I am of the, I wouldn't say minority, but Not a lot of people agree with this opinion. I don't think he curses man or the woman. He curses the ground and and he curses the serpent. Serpent. But he doesn't curse those who bear his image. He curses the context. The ground is cursed. And then we have that cryptic passage where, you know, she's going to have pain in childbirth. Mm -hmm. And we think, well, that's sort of an odd result of sin. And we, it, and we oh, is that the actual birth canal process? Mm-hmm. And Christians say, I shouldn't get an epidural. Well, let's think about this from a theological lens. Is he just saying, okay, now that you've sinned, it's going to be really painful when you have a baby? This makes no sense. But you know what does make sense throughout all of Scripture? The pain of a woman, a mom, raising a child. Right, parenting uh, is Moms <laughs> die a thousand deaths for their children. Yeah. Dads can kind of compartmentalize, and that doesn't mean we're bad or wrong, but the woman lives with the enduring pain of her children who don't make the right decisions, who go away, who don't come to Christ. So the pain is present there. So lust is a different idea. The lust of the flesh, 1 John 2, 16, the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life are not from the Father. Mm-hmm. So lust certainly is outside the parameter of a healthy sexual intimacy between a husband and wife. And so we can lust in our flesh. We can lust in our eyes. When the woman looked at the fruit, it looked good. It was desirable to make one wise. So she has now moved over into something that we would fairly call lust. And when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Mm -hmm. So lust is that knife edge of when I'm looking at something I know I can't have, I know I shouldn't have, but I give into it. You know, I had had a young man in his 30s come to me a couple years ago. He's married and got two, three kids. And he said, Michael, is it wrong if I lust after my own wife? Hmm. I never had anybody ask me that question. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, explain what you mean by that. He goes, well, I think she's beautiful, and I enjoy sex with her. And I said, wait a minute. God gave you the one place in the universe, sexual intimacy is God-given and a blessing with your wife. 
He goes, yeah, but I, and uh, they've been married a number of years. And I said, I, I think it's great. I'm thrilled for you yeah. that you look at your wife with such love. Yeah. And most men, a little indelicate to talk about, most men are driven a lot more by sexual desire than women. So if he looks at you and he loves you and he wants to express that as sexual intimacy, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So to the question, I don't think sexual beings are a result of the fall. I think sexual intimacy was designed. It was God's gift. Even in Song of Solomon, drink deeply, imbibe, enjoy this thing I've given you. And unfortunately, a lot of churches have done damage talking about sex only for procreation and not for enjoyment and intimacy, that misses, I think, the design that God gave for sexual intimacy. I think another part of the creation account that sometimes there's really bad exegesis and then therefore some really bad theology comes out of it is Eve's consequence of your desire will be for your husband. And I have heard that twist, you know, is this a sexual desire? And so I've heard that twisted into then, you know, a woman's sexual desire like that is lust or sin, yep. which I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's what that desire means. A, and I know you can jump to the cane. It's a very important word. It's the first time we have it in the Genesis record that your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. And then when you come to the record of Cain, where Cain has killed Abel and God says, sin is crouching like a lion to devour you. He wants to control you. His desire is for you. It's the same word. So what we take from that, and this is doing theology. What did it mean when God told the woman Eve? And what does it mean when God tells Cain? This thing wants to control you. The result of the consequences of your sin, Eve, you're going to want to dominate him. Yeah. You're going to want to control him. Yeah. And most wives, most Christian wives would say, yeah, I do want to control my husband. Totally. And yet he is given dominion in that relationship. And we need to be careful about what those words do and don't mean. But that's the situation. And then in the Genesis 3 account, when God says sin is crouching at the door to devour you, is desirous for you, it's the same idea. Sin is going to control you, Cain. Yeah. If you do right, your countenance will be lifted up. If you don't, sin's going to eat your lunch, no pun intended. And so that's what happens. Sin controls him. Yeah. He submits to his own passions and lusts, and he acts out on them. So, yeah, there's a lot of unfortunate teaching from those Genesis passages, which why we have to take the whole counsel of God, Ephesians 5, the intention of the husband and wife's roles are so important here. But bottom line, sexual intimacy is a gift of God to a husband and a wife, and it's a wonderful blessing used. Now, can it be dysfunctional? Can we do it for the wrong reasons? Can we do it when one partner isn't fully engaged? Yes. And that's where a marriage takes work uh, to talk through these things. A really good book, Sandra Glahn and Bill Coutrere's book called Sexual Intimacy and Marriage. Quite a tome, quite a big book. But if you really want to dig into some of these misconceptions, a little more easily accessible book, an older book was called Intended for Pleasure by Dr. Ed Wheat, just like the grain. Both those books are helpful when it comes to sexual intimacy and marriage the way God intended. Mm. So sexual desire is not a sin the way that we fulfill that. So you could even say the desire or the need for sex is God-given. Yes. But the way that we fill that need can either be holy unto the Lord or it can be 
utter sin. Yeah, immorality, the word pornania in the New Testament, fornication, immorality, adultery. Interestingly, I, I was teaching through a, a passage not long ago and did some homework on this idea of capital punishment. If you committed adultery in the Mosaic law, mm-hmm. the result was capital punishment. Mm-hmm. It's done you. If you committed fornication, it was not. Hmm. So adultery with another man's wife, because God intended one man, one woman for life, that was his blessing. Those two become one Mm -hmm. and naked and not ashamed in Genesis 2.25. And so now when you break that covenant, the Old Testament, it was a capitally punishable offense, but immorality was not. So Interesting. It is very interesting. Well, if you got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. You can find more shows and biblical resources at our website, michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonamorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain. 